The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stacking the Box. I am Matt Verderam, joined, of course, by Josh Hill. And the divisional round is now in the books. We're recording this on Sunday night right after the Saints dispatched the Eagles 20-14. to So there will be no repeat in Philadelphia. And really, probably have the best Final Four you could possibly ask for. Yes, it's chalk, and so some people will say, well, that's boring. There were no big upsets. But it's the Chiefs and the Patriots, the 1-2 matchup at Arrowhead Stadium in the AFC and in the NFC. Is the Rams and the Saints in the Superdome also a one-two matchup? And both are rematches of two of the best games all year. So a lot to get to, a lot to talk about. Before, however, before we get to previewing Championship Sunday, and of course we'll spend a lot of time on that, let's just look at the divisional round real quick. Uh, All four home teams won. That doesn't always happen. In fact, it doesn't happen very often. But in this case, it did and you can start off with the first game of the weekend. The Chiefs beat the Colts 31-13. to I obviously have plenty of thoughts on that game. But, Hill, before I get off into my diatribe about it, I'll see the floor to you. Uh, your thoughts on the opening game of the weekend. Uh, well, it wasn't the barn burner that we thought it was going to be, first of all. We thought it was going to be a hugely high-scoring game. And to everybody's surprise, it turns out that uh, Bob Sutton's greatest trick was convincing the world that his defense didn't exist because all season long – I mean, you've sat here, and Chiefs fans have sat everywhere looking at that defense going, man, we're going to get eaten alive in the playoffs. You were saying it all week. Andrew Luck's going to come in. He's going to take care of business. There's no way that the Chiefs are going to win this game. And Bob Sutton, the X Factor we didn't think was going to be the X Factor, ends up coming through in the clutch. I mean, obviously Mahomes and the offense did what it needed to do, but 
in the losses, like we saw the Chargers game live at Arrowhead and then the Seahawks game after that and some of these losses that they've had, the common thread between all of them has been after the losses, Chiefs fans have gone, man, Bob Sutton, what the hell is going on with this? Man, if only we had a good defensive coordinator. And in that first playoff game, it's all of the demons are there. It's at home. It's at Arrowhead. All of the losses, the Colts are involved, and Sutton comes through. So that, that was my big takeaway from the Chiefs game. The offense was exactly what we thought it was going to be. But for the first time, I think, all season, the defense stepped up in a big way. And color me surprised because I was not expecting that to be the, the, the turning point. Yeah, well, I agree with everything except I, I thought Bob Sutton would be an X-Factor, all right. <laughs> uh, I just didn't expect it to be positive for Kansas City. Look, there were, if you're a Chiefs fan, okay, there were three points in that game where you swallowed really hard and kind of winced a little bit and said, yeah, all right, not great. Especially really two of the three. The first one, when the Chiefs are up 17 nothing, like most fan bases, you're up 17 to nothing, your college game's over. Mm-hmm. It's a Chief fan, you're almost even more terrified because that has typically been their amuse. They get up early and then they find ways to lose. And they did this five years ago against Indianapolis and Andrew Luck. So 17 nothing was great, uh, but you're worried. And then it goes from that to a blocked punt that gets recovered by Pascal in the end zone. In past years, that would have been the moment that everything turned. They would have immediately yep. gone three and out. The Colts would have scored again before halftime. Instead, the Chiefs went right down the field. Mahomes drives them straight down. I believe it was a 75-yard drive right near the end zone. And then the second one, which is a lesser of the three, but Vinatieri at the end of the half. Yikes. Misses a 23-yard field goal off the left upright. That's what the Chiefs do. Like the, the Chiefs missed that field goal. The Chiefs botched that. And then, of course, the third and final one, this is where I actually finally felt like they were going to win. 24-7, the Chiefs fumble the ball at their own 20-yard line. And the Colts get the ball with a minute to go in the third quarter. And the Chiefs, two plays later, rip it out of Luck's hands mm-hmm. and, and recover the fumble. And that really was the game. Uh, look, I was stunned. I picked the Colts. I obviously am glad I was wrong. Uh I said on the podcast, I thought the Chiefs were the better team, but I'm picking the Colts because the Chiefs never win in these spots. Well, they kicked butt. They were great. Uh, Damian Williams, who nobody talks about, rushed for 129 yards in the game at a touchdown. He was terrific. Kelsey went over 100 yards. Sammy Watkins had six catches, 62 yards for the first time he played in two months. And Mahomes didn't have a touchdown pass, but it didn't matter. Uh, Look, the, the Chiefs. If they can play defense anywhere near that level. Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for sports stuff you definitely could not do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. No, they're not to be beat. Now, whether or not they can do that two more times, I don't know. But for one day, they were terrific. Uh, And obviously, we'll talk about them a little bit more. I do want to say that quickly. The Colts, look, if you're a Colts fan, that's a disappointing way to end your year. They didn't play well. They got beat soundly. They have $122 million of cap space this upcoming year, more than any other team in the league. And they've got Luck healthy, and Reich is a really good head coach. The Colts have a really bright future. And they also have the benefit of playing in a division that I don't look at as unwinnable no. by any stretch. So, look, if you're the Colts, 
if you're a fan of the Colts, yeah, Saturday stunk. Right? You, you got beat. Mm-hmm. But you didn't expect to be in that spot anyway. And at one in five, you really didn't expect it. So kudos to the Colts. I thought they had a great year. And I really feel like the foundation is laid for them to get back to being a power in the AFC uh, that we all thought they were going to be when Luck was in the beginning stages of his career. Yeah, this doesn't feel like Jacksonville last year or even Chicago this year, where you really feel like the window was there now. And if they didn't get through it, the, the future is murky. Like Chicago is a little le- less than uh, Jacksonville because they have a bit better of a quarterback. I'd say Trubisky is better than Bortles, not by much at this point. But it's kind of the same thing. You get the same feeling where you're like, man, this was the shot. Like you really could have done it. The Colts are different because you, their defense is up and coming. It was really good this year. It got better. You got Luck, who is a court, proven quarterback, so you don't have any questions there. The offense, you're able to build around him. Quentin Nelson's a stud. Like, that kid is going to be special. Like, when he was taken last year in the draft, people are saying he's going to be a future Hall of Famer. I've still pumped the brakes on that one. But holy cow, he's, we're going to look back at that class and say, Quentin Nelson Quentin Nelson was the guy that should have gone maybe number one. Uh, yeah, if you're a Colts fan, don't worry about it. <laughs> this is going to be fine. You're, you're going to be okay. Because I agree with you. Like, I am a big believer, and you don't take a guard early, but Nelson is the exception. He has been... When Luck's your Incredible. quarterback? Yeah. Well, and look, th- you know what? To me, I, I believe I said it on the podcast. Uh, God knows I, I said it on various different radio spots. And, and to my father, as we talked about it pretty much continuously for a week straight. Uh, I thought the matchup in the game going in was going to be the Colts' offensive line against Kansas City's defensive front. Mm-hmm. And I really felt that way when I saw that it was a snow apocalypse in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, I won't lie. Ner- I was nervous about that. The Colts line had not given up a sack all year in that grouping of five. And the Chiefs got three big sacks in the game. They totally stymied the Colts rushing the ball. Like you look at the numbers and say, oh, 87 yards on 6.2 yards in attempt. But the Colts are like 60 of that on the last drive when, when the Chiefs were more than happy to concede the run. They were great against it. They forced negative plays. They got pressure. They, they batted down passes at the line of scrimmage. And look, that's going to be huge going into next week. But in any event, the Colts... They, I, I suspect, will be back uh, and potentially as a higher seed because I do not yeah. think that the Texans are going to hold that team off. That team has no. a lot of, a lot of ways to get better this offseason. And the biggest thing might be that Bill O'Brien's not on the Colts' sideline. So that's <laughs> yeah, huge. That's big, um, big time. All right, so Saturday night, the Rams hosted the Cowboys. Kind of a whole home game. Dallas took a lead early. The Rams into control. Dallas hung around a little bit, but... The Rams took it 30-22. to 22. Uh, look, I, I don't know if there's a ton to get into on this game. Obviously, we'll talk more about the Rams from the Cowboys' standpoint. Uh, the biggest thing I have, and, and you and I and, and our editor-in-chief and fan side, Jason Colesight, have talked about it. What do you do with Dak Prescott? He's coming up on the last year of his rookie, year, uh, mm-hmm. rookie deal. Of course, you could franchise him and stuff like that. You could play a little bit of a long game. But if you're Jerry Jones right now, Prescott faced – 10 third downs when they threw the ball, and they converted one of them. Uh, he missed throws he, he shouldn't have missed. It was a, it was an uneven performance. I don't want to say it was bad because he did do some nice things, but it was uneven. What's your read on Prescott? Do you think they should stick with him for the long haul, or is it, hey, look, we're not going to do anything with you this offseason. We're going to play out another year and go from there. I'd play out another year. If I'm the Cowboys. Jerry Jones never does that. He gives people extensions before we're even thinking about giving them extensions. Up to and including Jason Garrett getting one before the game even was played, which already was bad money spent before the opening kickoff. 
Uh, give it one more year with Dak, I think. The Amari, a full season with Amari Cooper might change things. Let's see how we have an offseason of building that offense up a little bit. But you're going to have serious questions with this team. Zeke's contract's coming up. Dak's contract's coming up. You've got a lot of questions. The defense is coming along nicely. Is this a team where in a year we're looking at it and we're saying the defense is there. It's great. Van Der Esch and Smith, all of that's coming together. The offensive line is still there. Do they go out and get a veteran quarterback? Like, are, are we back? History repeating itself almost. Where we're in a team, we're in a cycle where when Prescott came up, that was Romo's team. They won all of those games. Went to the divisional round and lost to the, the Packers with Romo's team. So are we back in a position where we're saying, hey, this Cowboys team can win now. Dak's not necessarily the guy. Let's go out and get whatever top veteran quarterback is out there and make a run for it. Because who knows where the Eagles are in a couple of years? Who knows where the Giants are in a couple of years? The Redskins aren't going anywhere, anywhere fa- anytime fast. So give it a year with, with Dak, but I'm not terribly confident that he's the future in Dallas, especially after what we saw in L.A. I agree. I agree. I played out one year. But I don't know if you're the Cowboys, you look at him and say, feel really good about that. Mm-hmm. I I think he's kind of what he is, yeah. which is a solid quarterback, somewhat limited. He's got to probably have a great cast around him. Uh, I think he's propped up quite a bit by Ezekiel Elliott. I, I think that the problem is his other team know that. And so, look, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to follow for sure. On Sunday, in the early game, I thought it would be the best game of the weekend. I thought the Pats and the Chargers would be a really interesting game. I said on here I picked the Pats, but I, I thought the Chargers were the better team. Uh, I thought the Pats would win a close game. Well, uh, the Pats won the game. It wasn't close. Uh, it was 35-7 to at halftime. They roll uh, to a 41-28 victory, which surely uh, makes it sound closer than it was. I... <laughs> This is kind of the game, at least in my mind, I want to spend a little time on because, look, again, we'll get to the Pats here in a little bit. But for the Chargers, Yeesh. like, I feel, I feel bad for Rivers mm-hmm. because I just think, I think the clock's getting somewhere near midnight. Look, he's 36, okay? And I know the argument is, well, yeah, excuse me, 37. Turn 37 December. I know the argument will be, well, they're not losing a ton of free agency. Yeah, they'll lose probably Denzel Perriman and Jason Fred, who never plays anyway. Um, but and we'll see with Gates if he retires. They have Hunter Henry coming back. I know the argument will be that they still have a really talented roster. And that's true. But they're also now in a situation where they're going to have a very hard time winning that division without having a great year. Because... I don't think this is biased to say with Mahomes, the Chiefs probably could sleepwalk to 12 wins every year in the regular season. The Chiefs are just going to win games based off the fact that he's just better than whoever he's going against. Yeah. Kind of like the Aaron Rodgers theory for years with the Packers, where the Packers, some years were a legit two bull contender because they had a good roster, and other years are kind of whatever, but it didn't matter. It went 13 games because Rodgers was on the team. You know, the same thing we saw with Manning in Indianapolis some of those years. Yeah. And I'm not saying the Chargers can't win the division. I'm just saying that it's going to be hard for them to win 12 games, 13 games, when you're playing the Chiefs twice and you're playing what could be an improved Denver team next year. Uh, like it, it just feels like the Chargers had a lot go their way this year. Mm-hmm. They won a crazy game at Arrowhead. All they had to do was take care of business at home against Denver or at home against Baltimore. 
and they couldn't do it. And so they end up being a five seed, and they have to go to New England in the divisional round. They, they get blown out. Um, you know, maybe I'm overstating this by all means. Feel free to say if I am. I just feel like the Chargers won't be back. I think they're really good. I don't think they're just going to fold up and go away. But I feel like they really had a shot this year to get to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. in a wide-open AFC. And if they had lost in New England in a tight game, I would feel a little differently. But, man, after that game, it just feels like they're miles away. Like they got blown out. And that, that is a rough way to go into the offseason. Yeah. My thing with this is Phillip Rivers. Like, at some point, like you said, the, the clock's about to hit midnight. You, the argument's already there that he's better than Manning, or Eli Manning, not Peyton Manning. But out of that draft class, he's better than Eli Manning. You could make a case that he's better than Ben Roethlisberger. Statistically, he's going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But he's getting Faust. He's getting Esiason. He's Fran Tarkenton. He is a guy who is never going to, he's never going to have that ring. He is never going to be a winner. He is a guy we're going to look back on and say, man, those teams are real good. He was a real good quarterback. But that's it. He's Marino. Like, that's where the conversation begins and it ends. And that's going to- Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. The separation between him and Brady and Man- both Mannings, Rodgers, Roethlisberger, the quarterbacks of his era, he's one of the greatest. And unfortunately, it's games like this that we're going to remember him for, not because he played poorly, but because he's been in this situation his entire career, where his window's been there, and then it's been closed the first second he begins to think about jumping through it. It happened in 2006. It happened numerous times between then. My problem with this is is it's reflecting poorly on Philip Rivers' legacy, which is unfortunate. When he's going up against Brady here in, in New England, who's just, you know, eight straight AFC championship t- uh, berths and all that kind of stuff. So it's unfortunate in that regard. I was really high on the whole Philip Rivers narrative earlier in the season when they, after they beat Pittsburgh. They came back and they came back and beat Kansas City on the road. It looked like we're setting up something special. And here's another season where it looks like it's going to be something and it ends like every single other one for Rivers. And that's unfortunately going to be a big part of his legacy. Yeah, I... Look, again, you know, I think they're really talented. I think they could be back. But this is a team that's been fallen by injuries for years and years and years. And they finally, like, Bosa missed a lot of the year, but they ended up getting back at the right yeah. time. And didn't have a ton of injuries this season. They, you know, they had a few, but every team does. And they stayed relatively healthy. And, and like I said again earlier, I don't want to make this about Kansas City, but it, it does matter in the division. Like, Mahomes, as great as he is, now I don't know if he'll ever have another statistical year like this, but he's probably going to get better. Yeah. You know, the, the Chiefs don't have a lot of free agents they're going to lose. The Chiefs have a lot of capital to get better. Like, it just feels like with the Chargers, they are more of a team that it has to be now. Yep. You know, Rivers isn't getting any younger. He's not like they have a lot of talent around him that's younger, but like, let's face it, when he's gone, they're done. And I, I, I just think. The Chiefs have the luxury of time right now. The Chargers don't. And no. so that's a brutal way to go out. Uh, I'm curious what they do in the offseason. 
the, the Sunday night game, so to speak, uh, the Eagles and the Saints. Eagles jumped out to fourteen nothing lead. Couldn't do anything further than that. The Saints score twenty unanswered and win. Uh, you know, this game for me, at least anyway, man, I, I think it's straightforward. With the Eagles, they won a game in Chicago. They probably shouldn't have won. Yeah. They were outplayed. The Bears couldn't capitalize. Missed a kick at the end, obviously. Well. They got outplayed again, and this time the Saints put them away. Despite the missed field goal, left the door open. Yep. Philadelphia was 20 yards away from, from going out the answer title game. They didn't do it. Everybody will talk about Alshon Jeffrey dropping the pass. That, it is what it is. If the Eagles could have done anything for eight drives prior mm-hmm. to that, it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, the Eagles have nothing to be ashamed of. They, they kind of had a Super Bowl hangover for a while. They had some injuries. They got banged up. They, they found their way to the playoffs. They won a game. Uh, and it ends here. And I, I think for the Eagles, Wentz should be your guy going forward. Foles has had an incredible run, but I, I don't think he's better than Wentz. And I don't think we're having a conversation if the Vikings beat the Bears like they should in Week 17. Yeah. Nobody even cares, right? So, look, I, I give the Eagles full marks for all their effort. Uh, they were a, a quality defending champion. But they fell short, and they fell probably where they should have fallen because I don't think they're better than the Saints, and they're certainly not better than yeah, I was trying to figure out why it was making me so angry during the game that the Eagles were doing well when, you know, I'm a Buccaneers fan, so I should be rooting against the Saints naturally. But this idea that the, the Eagles really haven't done anything to be dislikable other than get in the playoffs and somehow have an embarrassment of riches at quarterback when all of these, there's so many other teams that have a struggle at that position. But to me, the best thing to come out of this game was the loss because now Philadelphia doesn't have a question about Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is the guy. They don't have to worry about going through the whole thing where Foles somehow gets to another Super Bowl and, God forbid, wins it. Then you have, we're having an entirely different conversation where you got to trade Wentz. Do you keep Foles? What do you do? This, this simplifies the conversation immensely for, for Philadelphia. And I don't think that this hurts Nick Foles' trade value. Like, that's going to be something I feel like people say, too. They're going to say, oh, he lost in New Orleans. Now he's not worth what he once was. He's never worth two first-round picks to begin with. I know some people are trying to say he's a first-round pick guy. No, you can get a second-round pick from him. That's absolutely fine. The dude's 30. He's also Nick Foles, okay? Like, he's had an incredible little burst run here, but this is really the brightest spot of his entire career, and there's nothing to say that he's going to do this same thing with somebody else's system. He's built for this Philly system. So get what you can get for him and move on with Wentz, who's 26. He's a number, or he's your, you know, your top pick. He's a guy that you want leading this team. The team can get behind them. Don't worry about that. Peterson will figure it all out. The best thing to come out of this was the Foles-Wentz conversation is dead. It's an easy decision for Philadelphia. And now we finally have what we don't have last year is the Saints moving on to the title game. Like The Saints should have been in the title game. Like We should have had this game, Saints-Eagles, last year in the title game. Yep. But we didn't. Now we're going to get the Rams and the Saints in the title game. This is what we wanted. This is what football needs. It's good. Drew Brees is there. It's fine. And the Eagles aren't here to throw a monkey wrench into any of this anymore. I'm fine with it. All right, so let's get into that game. So the Saints and the Rams, uh, they will start off our championship Sunday. Uh, they play at, I believe, 3 o'clock yep. Eastern. Uh, the Saints are favored by three and a half points at home. This is a rematch of a game we saw in Week Nine. The Saints won 45-35. That was the famous Michael Thomas over 200 yards receiving, and Sean Payton mm-hmm. afterwards basically said, "Yeah, we went right out, Marcus Peters." And Peters after the game was like, "Okay, well, come at me next time you see me." Well, here we are, uh, and those guys are all healthy and ready to go. So I'm assuming that that is what will happen. We'll see more of Thomas on Peters. Uh, 
I am very curious to see how this game plays out. I am excited for it. I think these are the two best teams in the NFC by a wide margin. Oh, yeah. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, one of the teams gets picked off or injuries happen and, and you don't end up seeing this game. Well, you're getting it here. Uh, but the Saints by three and a half trying to get to uh, the Super Bowl for the second time in franchise history. The Rams trying to get back for the first time since 2001. Uh, Hill, your thoughts on what should be a very fun game to watch in the Big Easy come Sunday. Yeah, second time in a decade, right? Because it was 08, 09 that the Saints went to the yep. uh, Super Bowl. So, yeah, a lot of people are going to say that it's going to be a repeat of what we saw. I think part of that is true. What's different now is we've seen, and this was kind of true in the Dallas game, but Dallas got away from it. If you can get to Jared Goff, you would completely change how the Rams approach things offensively. If you can get him out of the play action and you force him to start making throws, you force him, you know, for a lack of a better term, if you force him to think in the pocket, that could end very badly for the Rams. Because we've seen it happen before the season. Late in the year, take weather out of it, you know, that Chicago game, it is what, you know, the weather was something a lot of people credited for that. It was this, you were you were at that game. You saw firsthand. It was the Bears getting to him. It was rattling his cage. It was getting him flustered. And the Saints, they can do that. Like they can get to the quarterback. They need to do that. C.J. Anderson, <laughs> you know, it was a obese, 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 or as uh, Bill Barnwell called him, thick boy. That was uh, that's hilarious. That's, that was great. Um, you know, let's not look for a repeat performance out of that. But we saw that the Rams can run the hell out of the ball. You don't want to run into a situation where you're all of a sudden backpedaling and now you're allowing the Rams to do that play action because that's where Sean McVay, th- or Sean McVay thrives. That's his system. That's his scheme. Hit Jared Goff in the mouth. Do it early. Throw him off his game. The Superdome is going to be banging. I-, I, like the, I like the Saints in this game. They're my Super Bowl pick from the start of the playoffs. They've been my Super Bowl pick since probably like week 13 because they've just looked phenomenal. Peyton... He's a guy that can adjust week to week. Drew Brees, he's hard to bet against. And that, that offense can get going. It can get going. The problem for me is the Rams live and die on home run defensive plays. If they can get a big pick, if they can get a big fumble, good point. if we have a defensive touchdown, that's something that's going to change this game and it's going to spin it on its head. Give me the Saints, but I'm, I'm with you. This is exactly the NFC Championship game that we wanted. Yeah, look, I'm fascinated by this game. And... I look at it and I say one thing happened on Sunday that would concern me if I'm Sean Payton, and that's Sheldon Rankins tearing his Achilles. He is a beast inside, and they are not particularly strong defensively up the middle without him. Uh, In fact, I would say they're weak up the middle without him. So not a great week to be uh, Mm -hmm. having issues up the middle because you're going to see a lot of uh, obese C.J. Anderson, and you're going to see a lot of Todd (laughs) Gurley. And look – now, here's something, though. I was writing my column, stacking the box goes up Monday on fan side. Uh, here's one thing I noticed. The Saints have not scored 30 points uh, except for the game against Pittsburgh, week 16. They have not scored 30 points since week 12. Oof. Um, but they've not allowed 30 points since, since they played the Rams. Nice. That's the last time. Now, I'm excluding Week 17 where they played like you and me and, and, and nine people off the street oh, yeah. when they were playing their backups and the Panthers scored a bunch. But when the starters were in, that's the last time. Uh, the Saints are kind of a defensive team right now. Mm-hmm. Like, now, obviously, they've got the horses offensively to, to make it happen oh, as yeah. well. But they've played a defensive style. 
I am fascinated by this game. I think Rankins is a big loss. I don't think the Saints have been nearly as prolific offensively uh, in recent weeks. That said, I am taking them in what I think is the slightest of margins in this game. Look, I think them being at home really matters. That crowd is deafening. It is a very hard place to play. That defense is going to be amped up there. If this game was in L.A., I'd pick the Rams. Uh, I do think, for me, it's the tougher of the two picks for me for the week. Uh, but like you, we, we've loved the Saints for a year and a half now, oh, yeah. so I'm not going to go off the bat. I, I'm taking them to win. I'm concerned that they haven't put up 30 points in over a month, except for one game. That does worry me a little bit. But I think if they have to get in the shootout, they can still do that. So give me the Saints by the slimmest of margins. And now uh, we move over to the AFC game, which is at 640 Eastern. New England at uh, it's escaping me. Oh, no. No, it's <laughs> not. It, in. it is Live New it England <laughs> at Kansas City. The Chiefs are hosting an AFC title game for the first time in franchise history. Uh, and they will take on a team that is going to its eighth straight mm-hmm. AFC title game. Of course, that's a record in the New England Patriots. The Chiefs are favored by a field goal. And Hill, uh, I'll let you uh, tee it off. Uh, your thoughts on the Patriots and the Chiefs vying for the Super Bowl. This is a collision of bad trends for the Patriots. I mean, we were talking about this during the game, but Andy Reid's last three regular season games against New England, his offense has gone 40-plus points. Guess how many of those three games he's had Patrick Mahomes for? Uno. That means he had Alex Smith putting up 40-some points. That is incredible. If you've ever seen Alex Smith play quarterback... 40 points is like a pipe dream. So the fact that that happened twice with him, very encouraging. And also the fact that the Chiefs are averaging 32, around 32 points a game at home, that bodes well when you consider that the Patriots and their five road losses outscored 142 to 83. You know, that's a bunch of numbers, and that's a long way to say that the Patriots are going to lose. And that's a, long, that's a lot of numbers to say that this idea that the Patriots can't somehow figure it out is wrong, which is also, you know, of all the trends, the worst trend is the world picking against the Patriots when they're down because we haven't been right. I mean, we were right last year in the Super Bowl, but barely, because Tom Brady almost let a comeback drive. The Eagles somehow thwarted it. But it's really, really hard to pick against the Patriots. I know they're on the road. I know this is a different team. That being said, there's something special about this Chiefs team. Like we, I kind of touched on at the top of the show with Bob Sutton's defense deciding to you know, come alive at the right time. Frampton comes alive. The, the, the right. 2019 album. I, I go back to the, the Ravens game earlier this year in Arrowhead. And we said it, and you said it right after the game happened. If Patrick Mahomes isn't the quarterback in that game, they lose. And that's been a theme throughout the season. There's been a bunch of games and a bunch of situations where if Patrick Mahomes isn't the quarterback, if this is an Alex Smith team, a Matt Castle team, a Trent Green team, they lose. But because they have Mahomes, because they have the MVP under center, that changes things. And that's a new feeling for Chiefs fans. I'm not a lifelong Chiefs fan like you, so I have, you know, it's a different perspective. But from the outside looking in, I haven't seen the Chiefs look like this in – basically my entire life of watching football, where they finally have that Aaron Rodgers guy, that Tom Brady guy, who you're like, all right, no matter what happens, I have my faith that this guy's going to get us out of this jam. So, And if the defense isn't a problem, and I think that that's going to be a major X factor again, I really like the Chiefs in this one. It's just like what we were saying about if your window's there, take it. 
the window's there for the Chiefs. They're, they're, the stars will not align this well just like this, narratively too, because like you, know, you were saying it during the game, there's one way you want to get to the Super Bowl and kick off this potential dynasty era for the Chiefs, and it's to take down the Patriots. It's to end the last dynasty. Well, this is perfect. I mean, narratively, from a football joy standpoint, this is great. Give me the Chiefs. It's going to be close. It's going to be good. And I think it's going to make up for the lack of a shootout that we saw this week with Indianapolis. I think next week, that's going to be the game where it's another 45-point-apiece game. And it's going to be, you know, whoever gets the ball last. I disagree. <laughs> um, I said on this pod a week ago, I thought last week would be the hardest game for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Because of all the anxiety, all the fear, and I know some people say, oh, the history doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't matter. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before... You need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. From the standpoint, like, yeah, it's not like coming out on the field with you. Mm-hmm. But when, when you're at home, yeah, it matters. Because everybody in that stadium, every time something goes wrong, oh, mm-hmm. God, here it comes. That's, that's gone now. And oh, I know that if I'm wrong <laughs> with this, this is going to get replayed. And, and I'm going to get mocked for weeks, and that's fine. I think the Chiefs are going to ear hold them. Like, the All game's right. over midway through the third quarter, you're holding them. Like, I really, look, you mentioned that, you know, I'm a lifelong Chief fan, I am, okay? Which usually means fear, anguish, <laughs> pain, all the rest of it. When they played each other earlier this year, New England played the perfect game. Yep. They were, they were incredibly healthy. They were coming off a week and a half uh, to get ready for the game, so they played the Thursday night prior. They're at home. They did not take a penalty, and they did not punt. They won the turnover battle, and they won 43-40 to on the last second field goal. The Chiefs were missing Justin Houston in that game. Yeah. Uh, they were missing Eric Berry Eric in that Berry. game. Yeah. They were missing Laurent Dupinay-Tardy from that game. Mitch Morris only played a quarter of that game. Uh, and it took a last-second field goal at Gillette for them to win. Hmm. I, honest to God... Unbiased, really, genuinely, analytically, think the Chiefs are going to take them apart in front of that in that game. I, I can't express to someone who's not a fan of the Chiefs how much blood they're out for in this game. <laughs> like all these years of just being the punching bag in January, of being the joke, of being just always the epitome of failure and dysfunction and disappointment. That place is going to be bonkers on Sunday night. I can't – They really. I really feel like they could break their own sound record in that game. Like That is going to be so nuts. It's going to be 18 degrees. It's going to be under the lights. I, I just think that is about the toughest spot you could possibly walk into. Mahomes is going to be going nuts. I, I just – look – if you want football, like honest, like football on the field reasons why I think the Pats are in a lot of trouble, sure. The Pats kill zone defenses. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs don't play zone defense. They play man. Okay, Edelman is their best receiver. A lot of teams don't have a slot corner. The Chiefs, if there's one thing they can do, they have Kendall Fuller. He can play in the slot. He can guard him. 
If Barry plays, which is a big if, he can guard Gronkowski. He's done it before. The Chiefs have a wicked pass rush. And if there's one thing that has stopped Brady in his tracks over the years, it is that. They have 52 sacks on the year, 55 if you count the playoff game. They led the league. They're, they're healthy as can be. They've got three guys who can get to them on any given play with Jones, Ford, and Houston. I think the Chiefs are going to score in the 40s. And I don't think New England's hitting 30. I, I just... I think New England's going to run the ball moderately well, but I think they're going to get to a point where they can't keep running the ball because you got to throw to catch up. And they don't have the vertical attack that they had when they had Josh Gordon, who was there, by the way, when they played Kansas City the oh, first yeah. time. He's not now. They have no ability to take the defense as top off. And the Chargers played a very passive zone defense. I'd love to know why. I can tell you right now, as much as Bob Sutton makes me wake up in a cold sweat at night, <laughs> He, they are not going to play a passive zone defense. They are going to play a lot of press man. They are going to disrupt the timing of those routes. They will not blitz Brady. If you go back and look at the film, they never blitz Brady. They sit, they sit there in three and four man rushes. They drop seven and eight. And they say, go ahead, throw into it. And, and he has never been able to do it against them. He has, he has had major problems on, against Andy Reid. Okay, so now look. You could say, well, earlier in the year, they, they played great. The Pats played the perfect game. Yeah. And they barely won. They're also 8-0 at home. They're 3-5 and on the road. Their defense is second in DVOA at home, which is just, for anyone who doesn't know, it's, it's, it's kind of a weighted metric. It's, it's a really good way, of, in my opinion, of looking at how teams are performing rather than just yards, points, stuff like that. They're second at home. They're 31st on the road. They and, and here is and this leads me to my biggest reason why I think the Chiefs are going to win this game going away. The only time the Chiefs offense has been slowed down at all this year, and this is a team that I use slowed down as 26 points in the game, is when the other team's been able to get pressure on them, specifically without blitzing, although the Ravens and the Broncos did some blitzing and they were able to get home. They didn't win those games, uh, but the Chargers got pressure. Even the Cardinals, who held them to 26, believe it or not, that was the lowest output. Chandler Jones was phenomenal in that game. New England has no ability to get pressure. They have to bring the house to get pressure. And if they bring the house and it's man-to-man, the Chiefs are going to win matchups all over the field. Because the problem is New England's slow defensively, and Hill's going to torch them. Kelsey's going to get up. Like, I expect Belichick to take out one of them from the game plan. But with Watkins, Hill, and Kelsey, you can't double everybody. Somebody's going to be open. So, look, I'll, I'll stop my... My uh, takes there, I could go on for 30 minutes. Like, Sunday can't get here soon enough. But I, <laughs> I, uh, I have all the respect in the world for New England. I really do. I know I just said I think the Chiefs will hold them, and I do feel that way. But it's not because I think New England's a bad team. They're overrated. New England's phenomenal. They're the greatest football team I've ever seen. Okay? They're, they're, they're the greatest dynasty in NFL history. It's two decades running. Mm-hmm. But every dynasty has its death. Yep. And... They've run into some teams in the past that have been able to do it for a year or two, like the Sanchez Jets and the Flacco Ravens. They, the, the Mahomes thing combined with Brady being 41 years old, I will say, and this is not why I'm picking this, but from a poetic standpoint, there is a, sort, uh, a certain sense of almost a passing of the torch mm-hmm. possibility at Arrowhead. I, if this game was in Gillette, I'd say it was a coin flip. But again, and I'll leave it at this, I can't express to somebody who is not a Chief fan 
the bloodthirst that is going to be in that crowd on Sunday. They are going to be. I would I would add security to the state. Like they are going to be trying to jump over the fence to put like fifteen guys on defense. It's going to be nuts. I will say this: New England better get out in front if they want to win that game. Yeah, because if they fall behind and they can't run the ball the way they want to, they are going to get killed. That game that game will be an absolute massacre because the Chiefs will just pin their ears back and say we're coming. I don't care, and that that'll be the end. Because if there's one thing about Brady, you know where he is. Mm-hmm. So you also have to look at so. From an unanalytical standpoint, purely from a narrative standpoint, from a gut standpoint. Because earlier this year, the Texans were on their winning streak. And one of the reasons that I said that I don't see it continuing is I just don't see the Texans winning that many games in a row. Because they're the Texans, and that's, you know, trends are trends. The same thing kind of applies to this. Like, yeah, the Patriots are the greatest dynasty in football history, two decades running. Do you really see them going to four of the last five Super Bowls? Do you really see them going to three consecutive Super Bowls? Which I don't think has been done since the Bills did it back in the 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that would be the first time in you know decades that we've had a team go to the Super Bowl three. And that was when the Bills were like, that was the prime of that, whatever that dynasty could have been. This is, which would make this even more incredible, actually, that the Patriots finally go to three straight Super Bowls at the tail end of the dynasty. Like, this is the fizzling out of the flame and their three straight Super Bowls. That's insane. I don't, I really don't see that happening. And also, for speaking of, you know, poetic narratives here, the, the Lamar Hunt Trophy yeah. in Kansas City yep. for the first time ever. Like, come on. That's, that's gold. I, just, <laughs> I mean, that's poetic gold right there. I, I'm, I'll... Put it on record. I don't care. I really think in this game, I, I think New England's going to be in for a very rough afternoon. Yeah. I, I just, I know people will say, well, this team ranks like this, and this team does that. Sometimes football, yes, look, schemes matter, players matter, and I think the Chiefs are certainly well put in both of those. Mm-hmm. But this is just one of those games. I just think it's a very tough spot for New when I looked at the schedule, for some reason in my head, I thought the AFC played the early games this year in the, in the uh, championship Sunday slate. And when I looked at the game and saw it was at 640 Eastern, and thought, like, that means the crowd's going to have another three hours to get oh, ready. Nice and rowdy. It's going to be under the lights. It's going to get even colder. I just, just thought to myself, like, that's, that's an advantage for Kansas City. Oh, yeah. Bless you. I'll leave it at that. But... Before we go, we want to thank our partners at Fanatics. As always, uh, go to fansign.fanatics.com. Check them out. You can get anything you need. Uh, t-shirts, hats, jerseys, uh, socks. You want, to get, you want to get any kind of fan gear, memorabilia, go check out Fanatics. They're great partners uh, and friends of Fansided. And uh, they can be great friends to you. If you use the code word Fansided, you get 20% off of your shipping. Uh, also, not to... Throw it out there as a PSA, but go to fanside.com. Check out everybody's great work. I'll have my column up Monday morning, as I always do. Josh has a million pieces up, uh, ranging from really baseball to football. I had a Swiss Army knife with that. I gave up that a long time ago. <laughs> uh, I only do that now in a, in a major pinch. Um, and if, you know, we have a litany of things. I don't care what you're into. We have uh, our wonderful editor and friend, Shay Corgan, is going to be going to Sundance Film Festival. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a live reporting from Utah. That's going to be phenomenal stuff. Uh, we have Jake Willarius on soccer. And obviously, you and I are going to cover the NFL. I will be at the Senior Bowl uh, down in Mobile and then going to the Super Bowl after that. So I'll be traveling all over the place with the podcast. Uh, will go on. So, 
But with all that being said, any final thoughts uh, from the week that was or the week that will be? No, I mean, this is the fifth time since 1998-99 that the top two seeds have advanced to the championship round. So last time that this happened, that we ended up getting the Panthers and the Broncos out of it. I think that we're going to end up a lot better <laughs> this time around when yeah, the Chiefs and the so. Saints, in my opinion, meet in Atlanta in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and by the way, I'll be at that game uh, in the press box. <laughs> First and only Super Bowl you attend. You want to talk about a glass case of emotion if the Chiefs turn that game? That'll, be, that'll put me to the test. <laughs> um, I might blow a blood vessel right there. That might be it. Um, listen, thank you so much for listening. If your team is still involved in the race, good luck to you. Uh, if not, hey, look, hopefully your team had a good run and then the draft and free agency is coming up and football season never sleeps. So for Josh Hill, I am Matt Verderam. Thank you again for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. Give it a like, give it a rating, give it a comment. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So that is all for the Divisional Round Championship Sunday next week. And, of course, we'll be back to preview Super Bowl 53 down in Atlanta. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.